Welcome back to the new episode of Archive Panic. With your hosts, Jacob Lucy. I'm Ben Nevin. And we're back doing our John Carpenter filmography after a slight detour for Hellraiser. Um, this week we're talking about Assault and Precinct 13. I'm going to say it right now, I quite like this movie. I did as well. I thought it was a lot of fun. Had you seen it before? I had. I did not know a damn thing about this film okay. uh, going into it, so I was very pleasantly surprised. So, I hadn't seen the original, I hadn't seen the John Carpenter film. I had seen the remake years ago with Ethan Hawke and Lawrence Fishburne in it. Oh, okay. But uh, that was years ago, so I didn't really remember too much of it. But um, but yeah, uh, this was the first time I'd seen this version of the movie. And yeah, it was very good. I enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> so yeah, I have uh, a little side quest on our John Carpenter-a-thon here. All right. Um, I have been watching, for those unaware, I've also been watching the movies that he has either just written or produced as well. Just me. <laughs> but... Uh, so I watched The Eyes of Laura Mars from 1978. Okay. And, and what, what's, the, what's the verdict? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a couple things about it, and I'll let you guess oh, no. what, what this was, right? So, oh, no. Eyes of Laura Mars, 1978. It's kind of like a, a disco New York version of a giallo movie, right? Starring Faye Dunaway and uh, Tommy Lee Jones okay. with Brad Dourif. Okay. And uh, Raul Julia. What? And uh, directed by Irvin Kirshner. Wait. Wait. Star Wars Irvin Kirshner in the Empire Strikes Back. Empire. Yeah, this is the movie that got him that job. Right. And uh, <laughs> it has a theme song sung by Barbara Streisand, but it's now the hero. What there. the fuck? Um, <laughs> how was this movie? It was terrible. No! <laughs> no! Why? It was awful. It was, um... Why? I'm also convinced that the uh, that, uh, Eyes of Laura Mars is where John Carpenter got the idea to uh, have Laurie Strode... Uh, no, no. Did, did Laurie Strode have a psychic connection with Michael Myers in the second movie? No. No, I'm thinking of... Uh, I'm thinking of Jamie Lloyd, huh? Yeah. Never mind uh, in then. The, <laughs> in the mad, uh, and I'm pretty sure there is one of the one of the Halloween sequels where it's like the daughter of Michael Myers or like the cousin or some shit. It's like a wee young lassie. It's the one that Paul Rudd's in, and she has like some mad connection with him. Oh, well, whatever. Well, through like well, the the cult of Thorn or whatever the fuck they were. Eyes of Laura Mars. It was pretty bad. Um, wasn't even. It's not like one of these bad movies where you can watch it and kind of like <laughs> this movie's bad. It was just bad. Um, That's, I'm so gutted about that man because with that cast and that director surely that's a recipe for success I mean Val fucking Julia he's actually not in it that long Raul Julia and he doesn't really do much in it but he's in it I don't give a fuck it's Raul Julia and, uh, it's fucking M. Bison man that's true but uh, there's one more movie I need to watch on my uh, side quest um I'll get back to whatever I watch. That's the Philadelphia Experiment, not Philadelphia with Tom Hanks, but uh, not the oh. not the AIDS movie, but the. Uh, 
<laughs> the Edge movie. Love it. <laughs> okay. But, you know, that was Eyes of Lormars. It's terrible. Go watch it if you want, but it was, it was, it's, it's atrocious. So gutted. It's atrocious. I fucking love Brad Dorif as well. He's a fantastic actor, but... He was. But anyways, oh, well. Assault on Precinct 13 <laughs> from 1976. Yes. So, the story goes <laughs> that John Carpenter... Uh, made this movie after being approached by uh, a film producer who has the most film producer name I've ever heard in my life. Go on. J. Stein Kaplan. No fucking way. That's not a real name. <laughs> that's not a name. Well, here... That's, that's not a name. That's a fucking sneeze. <laughs> that's what that is. Fucking what? Well, he approached, uh, he approached Carpenter after seeing Dark Star and he was impressed with it. So he... How? <laughs> I that film was a fucking mess. Yeah, it was. I also, I forgot to mention this in our Dark Star episode. Um, apparently, now take this with a grain of salt, right? Because this comes from Dan O'Bannon. Oh, okay. And we haven't heard John Carpenter's side of the story. Right, okay. But according to O'Bannon, he himself directed quite a lot of Dark Star, right? Right. And that when it came time to uh, getting the movie distributed... Uh, Carpenter sat him down and was like, look, technically I am the director of this. This is my movie. There you go. And that's why Dan O'Bannon and John Carpenter haven't worked together since. I mean, they can't anymore. Dan O'Bannon's dead. But, you know, they hadn't worked after that movie together. Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> that feels weird. Yeah. But, uh, but Jay Stein Kaplan <laughs> approached Carpenter with $100,000 and said, make whatever movie you want. What? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he was impressed enough with Dark Star. He's like, eh, this this guy's got why why can't that just happen to us at some point? Like we'll just make it. We'll make a shitty wee horror flick, and then a producer will come up to us and say, "Make whatever film you want. And we'll make an absolute fucking banger." That's what we'll do. That's my career path now. <laughs> it's just it does, doesn't happen anymore. Hundred thousand dollars, so it's still relative. It's still very low budget, actually. Um, Even by by seventy sixes standards, or hundred thousand dollars, it wasn't chicken feed. That was still pretty, like, don't get me wrong, it's still technically low budget for a, a Hollywood film going through a producer. It's But it's it's not indie. That's not, that's nothing to sniff at. Especially considering he's coming off of Dark Star, which had a budget of <laughs> fuck all. Yeah, so, it was a student movie. So. Yeah. But, you know, the carpenter accepted the, uh, the offer and uh, he wrote a script that he called The Anderson Alamo. Um, which oh, okay, was, I can see that. Yeah, because uh, Carpenter's always wanted to make a Western movie. He, he just hasn't. He loves Westerns <laughs> he so does. much, doesn't he? And he said that this movie, um, when he was writing the script for this movie, um, he based it off, or he was inspired by two movies in particular uh, a John Wayne Western movie called Real Bravo, which I haven't seen, I must confess. <laughs> don't think but, I've seen that either, but that's just because I don't like John Wayne. <laughs> No. John, John Wayne's an asshole. John Wayne was a Nazi. Um, was he? No. <laughs> well, if you listen to... It was Mill- a nice prick. If you listen to Millions of Dead Cops, sure. But It was a nice prick. Though, yeah, that's yeah he was, yeah. But, but yeah, Real Bravo, he was inspired by that movie, and Night of the Living Dead. Which is the... Yeah, the uh, comparisons to that are very apparent. Or sorry, the in- inspiration from mm. that is very apparent from this... Uh, this movie. Yeah. And uh, the script title was changed a couple of times. Because the actual title of the movie, Assault and Precinct 13, doesn't make sense because there isn't a Precinct 13. There are Precinct yeah. 9, 13th Division. No, 14th Division. 
Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, but, uh, the number 13 does not appear in this movie. It just makes for an ominous title, I like it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and then uh, the movie came out. <laughs> As with most John Carpenter movies, didn't do well in America. But fucking done well elsewhere. Yeah, it was uh, it was shown in... Uh, it initially got its first wave of success in the UK. Fuck yeah! Yeah, it was shown in a bunch of film festivals over here, and then it got then it then in mainland. Then it Europe, went into yeah mainland Europe. That did, did really well as well. So much so that John Carpenter, <laughs> he decided that he would name a future character of his after the distributor of the movie in the UK. Do you know what this character's name? Oh, no, I'm, <laughs> Do you know what this guy's name was. I'm blanking now. This is going to annoy me. Go on, Michael Myers. <laughs> no. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Yeah, Michael Myers was the name of the distributor in the UK that distributed Assault and Precinct 13. What? Straight up Michael Myers was the Straight name of the distributor? Straight up Michael Myers. <laughs> I'm going to name you in a movie as a thank you. He's going to be a He's going to be an insane serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> Some thank you. <laughs> and he's going to be so famous to the point where people are going to name any kind of melee only game mode in a first person shooter after him from this point forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you ever play Michael Myers in COD 4? It was fucking great. <laughs> I called it the Enforcer, but yeah. No. Oh, no, 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 no. That was a different thing. Michael Myers was a specific game mode. It was a custom game for Call of Duty 4 mm. where everyone was, where you would have, everyone else would hide in different bits of the map and one person would be armed with a knife and that's it. Mm. And it, they would have to like go around and find like the individual and it was called Michael Myers. Because <laughs> you were running about with a knife trying to find everybody. No, it was so much fun. It was yeah. like, like essentially a kind of dry run for games like uh, kind of Dead by Daylight and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. It was fucking awesome. But I never, I never did play that. But you know, so, so good. So Carpenter set off to Carpenter make this. named Michael Myers off of a UK distributor for Assault and Freeze Think 13. That's mm-hmm. awesome. But when he set off to make this movie, this was his first uh, professionally done movie. His first studio movie. Um... He did, however, bring the cinematographer from Dark Star to do this one. You can kind of see it a little bit. This, this, he does a much better job. He does, but uh, this is the first time that Carpenter and Deborah Hill worked together as well. Um, I don't think Hill ha- wrote this movie. She she's credited as a script supervisor, so I guess this is where they. She's probably had like a couple of passes at it here and there. Probably, probably. Like, basically, been an editor. But this is also. Is this uh, where they met? I don't know if they met on this movie or if they met before this or... Because didn't they end up together for a while? I believe so. Don't quote me on that. They might have. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Deborah Hill was his first wife. Maybe. I, I, I couldn't tell you. But, um, I need to look that up real quick. Well done. Anyway, sorry. I'm but yeah, but, but this uh, this movie as well is... Uh, he. This is where he starts to work with um, future collaborators on a lot of his films. Uh, for instance, we have uh, Charles Cipher. Who would go on to play a Sheriff Brackett in Halloween? Uh, he's starker in this. He's is he, is he a cop or is he just? Oh a no, I'm talking guy? absolute shit about that. With Deborah Hill. Yeah, his first wife was Adrian Barbo. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't know if John Carpenter. I mean, it was Sandy King after that. I don't think Carpenter and Hill were married. No, they weren't. Well, it's a professional relationship. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, this is where he starts to work with Charles Cipher, uh, Sheriff uh, Sheriff Brackett in Halloween. Has he? He's still alive, isn't he? He was in the he was in the new Halloween movies, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I was very surprised when I heard that. I was for sure he was dead. <laughs> yeah, no, he has a he has a wee cameo in the the first of the new ones. 
Is he in Halloween Kills as well? I don't know. I haven't seen anything other than the original of the... Sorry, not the original, mm. the first of the reboots. Yeah. Or requels, I don't know. Whatever the fuck you call it. Whatever the fuck. But yeah, he's there. He's Starker. I don't know if Starker's actually a cop or he's just a prison guard. I think he's a prison guard. Well, he's there. He's he's pretty good. Uh, you have... Uh, I don't really know what to call a collaborator because he was just in Halloween. Uh, Kim Richards. Yeah. As a, a child. <laughs> Future uh, why, Real why Housewife of uh, Beverly you, Hills. Why are you laughing when you mention Kim Richards? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, <laughs> I just keep... right. Full disclosure, I have watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. Uh, it's great to watch when you're pissed. Um, As is all like trash reality TV. Like If you just get drunk and watch it, it's a, it's a great time. She's a fucking... Psycho. I would call uh, her no. I would call her a psycho. She's just she's not. Nah, she's half. She's half a nut. Let's be honest. Come on, man. <laughs> but she's there. But yeah, she uh, she has a pretty. Um, I mean, I can't think of many movies where a child gets shot in the chest. Uh, I'm trying to think now. Kick ass. Do they die though? No, because they were in a bulletproof vest. Yeah. Well, Kim Richards wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very clearly wasn't. No, and, Considering uh, she asked for a vanilla swirl and she got raspberry sauce instead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but uh, he's also this is the, also the first character appearance for Nancy Loomis. Oh yeah, who uh, was in Halloween as well and Halloween Three. Yeah, don't forget, never forget. Um, I fucking like Halloween Three. Just as a full disclosure here, we're also we won't be covering Halloween Two or Three in this John Carter film because he did he not did, direct those. He had little to nothing to do with those movies. No, he wrote the second one. He wrote the second one. Wrote, wrote the second one, done the soundtrack to the third, and that was it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. After <laughs> um, that point, he just we will eventually do a Halloween franchise. We'll do like a retrospect of the franchise, yeah. But for now, we're just focusing on Carpenter as mm-hmm. a director. But I want to focus on. One specific actor here in this uh, in this film, uh, Napoleon Wilson, played by Darwin Justin. Yeah, this is absolutely a drive run for Snake Plissken. Yeah, hundred and ten percent from the likes of Snake Plissken, Jack Burton. Mm-hmm. This is this is John Carpenter's first lovable asshole protagonist. Yeah, that he would bring back time and time again. And uh, all of his movies, uh, fucking, I can't remember the character's name, but fucking. Uh, uh, fuck about Roddy Piper's character and they live he, well. he doesn't have a character name in that does he not? no he's just called the is he just called the protagonist? no is way is he just credited as the protagonist of the drifter or something like that? no fucking yeah he's just the drifter he never yeah. gets a name yeah holy shit I forgot yeah. about that Darwin Justin uh, he got yes. the role in this movie um, by he was neighbours with John Carter they lived in the same apartment building and they just became friends and then he was like I'm making a movie do you want to be in it? sure <laughs> that's mad and he's and I've looked up he, what else he's in he hasn't been he hadn't been in a lot of movies the only other thing I'd seen him in he was in Eraserhead briefly right um, but after uh, this and Eraserhead he was kind of he in between acting jobs he kind of, he worked on film sets like I, I can't remember exactly what he did but he was like a union guy and then um, that took up more of his time so he just kind of stopped acting for a while, which is a shame because I thought he was quite good in this. He was really good in this. Uh, um, he was very, very good in this. I'm surprised he, he didn't turn up in other John Carpenter stuff, but uh, I'm surprised that he didn't get the roles that uh, 
Kurt Russell got. Yeah. He might have been a bit old at that point. I don't know how old he was during this, but... Even still, like, yeah. that's still, like... Like, the guy's got charisma oozing out of every pore. Like, he's proper, like... Don't get me wrong, he's an asshole. Like, the character is an asshole in this <laughs> film. But it's that, it is that kind of lovable, snake plissken, Ash Williams kind of, like, I know you're a prick, but God damn it, you're fun to watch. Like, that is that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. And uh, we also have Tony Burton as Wells. Yes, uh, we do. Duke from the Rocky movies. Fuck yeah! yeah he's, he's, he's just fun and everything. Is he still alive? I can't... No, he's not. No, he died recently. <laughs> he's not alive. <laughs> he died and, uh, just a few years ago, didn't he? Yeah. I, I, was it 2016 and 2017? Uh, I can't remember. Right? It was before the pandemic, I remember that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. our main... Is he a main character? Is he the main character? Austin Stoker as Lieutenant... It's more of an ensemble piece, to be fair, like, for this. I would say that the main character... Slot of main character is shared by our three protagonists. Mm. Well, more so our two protagonists uh, than anything else because, like, because what's her name doesn't really do much. Doesn't really do much. Yeah, which she shoots. Like, she shoots some people, which doesn't really. And do she much. gets shot in the arm. Laurie Zimmer is Lee. Yeah, but uh, but it's also- a shame because again, what little dialogue she is given, she fucking kills it. So she's really good with that kind of almost like that kind of thousand yard stare, like very clearly going through some shit but still getting through yeah. it and kind of going for it I'll, I really like that and uh, it's not necessarily a trope because it's a thing that happens in real fucking life but uh, that kind of that character trait of I am very clearly overwhelmed by this situation and this is definitely affecting me mm-hmm. but I cannot let it affect me so let's just fucking go for it as opposed to the opposite which is what the other character does which is just go fucking hysterical he just goes catatonic or are you talking about... Uh, no, I'm talking about the other... Nancy Loomis? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Nancy yeah, Loomis yeah. character who just goes hysterical and then gets shot. Uh, oh, just gets shot off screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but you know, uh, Austin Stoker's character, uh, hmm. Lieutenant Ethan Bishop... He has my favourite line in the full film. Which is? Uh, he gets offered a cup of coffee. She turns to him and goes with black and he says, for over 30 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And kind of laughs, she just sits there looking at him and he's like, uh, two sugars, sorry. And then, like, so that was just such a real like moment of like, I'm trying to be fun and that because I'm the new guy. Oh fuck, my joke didn't land. Uh, see ya. But, but, <laughs> I love yeah, it. But in his his character is also where a lot where a bit of the similarity with Night of Living Dead comes in because like um, it has been noted that when Assault and Precinct Thirteen came out, uh, he was one of the first black action stars to be in a movie that wasn't a black exploitation movie. Yes. Um, and, you know, with Night of the Living Dead, I can't remember the actor's name who <laughs> plays Ben, but, you know, he's he was one of the first... First black protagonists yeah. in a movie at that time. Yeah. Um, so the similarities are there. I don't know if it was intentional in Carpenter's part, or if it was just a... Uh, uh, the actor was Dwayne Jones. Mm, yeah. Uh, and he was then later played by Tony Todd in the remake. <laughs> I watched the remake not too long ago. It was actually okay. It's a lot of fun. I like the music in it. But, um, oh, the music's fucking awesome. It was. But, uh, but uh, no, Dwayne Jones uh, played Ben in the original and got the role because he was, again, in a similar in a similar fashion to how uh, uh, our uh, Snake Plissken guy got the role here. Uh, it was Pally with George Romero. And uh, it was literally <laughs> it's a, a very fun uh, and a sort of... What's, what would you call it? It's like a reoccurring coincidence in Hollywood where leading men are just like, 
he was in he was a pal of mine and he was, he was the best looking pal I had that was it <laughs> he was a pal of mine he was, he was a pal of mine and he's a fucking good looking guy See, I'm going to give him the role in my movie it's how fucking Bruce Campbell ended up as Ash Williams in Evil Dead it's how Dwayne Jones ended up as the protagonist in Night of the Living Dead it's how we have Jason Mewes it's how Jason Mewes <laughs> became a thing it was like you're, you're, oh, don't fucking don't, 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 I just caught what you did there you prick don't include him in that list you asshole <laughs> But no. you see, if you want to be a film star, just Fuck be you. just be friends with the director, you know. <laughs> I tried that. Yeah, I know you're more of a writer, I suppose. So. No, I don't, I don't write. That's um, I do, but mm. <laughs> that's Alice. Ah, <laughs> uh, bleep out. You write, you, write <laughs> you write a lot of shit, though. I do, but um, but yeah, uh, Austin Stoker is pretty good in this. He's fairly serviceable, you know. <laughs> like yeah, no, he's really good. Um, I do like how this movie starts. Where it's, it's just very uh, slow. Yeah, it builds up to a big. Yeah, I, but I, I like how it introduces the characters. Like none of the characters are connected. It's kind of like a. They all just kind of end up at that police station just by not by chance, but yeah, some like, one of them. Hundred percent by chance. Yeah. for almost all of them, uh, yeah. with the exception of fucking Lee's there because she works there. <laughs> with the exception of Lee and <laughs> whoever uh, Lieutenant Miller. Not Miller. What's his name again? Lieutenant Ethan Bishop. Ethan Bishop, thank you. Yeah, yeah. no, Lieutenant Bishop as well. Oh, no, because he doesn't actually work there. He just got called in there. No, he works there for the day. It's his first assignment is to look mm. over that place while they're shutting it down. Yeah. So he works there, technically. Yeah. But uh, well, I like how it starts. You introduced to all of our characters. You know, we have Bishop just starting his day. <laughs> Getting told, yeah, just this is a- where you are. <laughs> Being, Go to this hellhole. Uh, being a bit of a smart ass with his boss mm-hmm. on his first day, which kind of again sets him up as again a sort of lovable rogue esque kind of guy who's just turning up to do a job, put on a good shift. Does not know how right he is. There's a fantastic line right at the start of the film that kind of sets the tone, where he's he's gutted because he's getting a boarding assignment, and his captain replies, "What you want to be a hero on your first day?" And mm. his reply. Yes, I do. Well, good news, big man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You got to be a hero on your first day, and all it cost you was the was an entire fucking precinct and very nearly your life. Yeah, as uh, a hero, like five people died. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's not his fault. Yeah, but you're just to uh, Napoleon Wilson in, in a jail cell, <laughs> just desperate for a smoke. He just really wants that cigarette. Eventually, he gets one, I suppose. But yeah, right at the tail end of the movie, he finally gets a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> ah, then, know. like, just immediately, like, does the thing in in one drawing and asks for another. <laughs> like, after fight, fight. Yeah, and then we're introduced to, um... What even is that guy's name? We learn his name! Who? Um... The little girl's dad. No, no, his name isn't... As far as I'm aware, he is only ever called Dad. Mr. Lawson. Yeah. <laughs> Played by Martin West, who I don't even know who he is. But Rich is them, they're just driving around, they're trying to convince... Um, He's trying to convince his his mother, her nana, to come yeah. and stay with them. <laughs> because the, this town, spoiler alert, this town has gone to shit. What, Los Angeles? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then we get the most infamous scene in this movie with their characters where um, this is how the whole 
film comes together. <laughs> yeah, the inciting incident of this movie is a child getting shot in the fucking chest. A child because <laughs> she got because she went back to uh, to an ice cream van because she got the wrong flavour. <laughs> and she in order to she, she goes back to be like, hey I asked for vanilla swirl, it's just plain vanilla. The guy looks at her, there's a pause. Doesn't even look she at gets, her. No, he does. Does he? Yeah. Looks at her, there's a pause, shoots her in the fucking chest. With his hand solo gun. Uh <laughs> It's not a hand solo gun. It's a Technically it's the yeah, te- right. It is Technically, the same base gun that was used to create the prop for Harrison Ford in A New Hope. <laughs> it is a Mauser. Yeah. But for fuck's sake. <laughs> can, we, can we just talk about the street gang name here for a second? Yeah, what the fuck do these guys do? <laughs> the Street Thunder, <laughs> which just sounds like a made-up gang name. But, uh, yeah, but what do they actually do? Because in this film, all, all we ever see them do is just kill people. Well, they what, stole what's the, the financial structure of this gang? <laughs> but but they stole a bunch of automatic weapons, so that maybe they're going to sell them. I don't know. What are they like arms dealers? Well, they've just fucked half their inventory onto a into a police station. <laughs> Can't really very well sell a gun if there's no fucking ammo for it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but who knows what they do? I mean, we need to know. <laughs> I would have liked to have known more about the gang, although. Well, At the know. same time, it does kind of work for the film that they are this kind of somewhat unknown threat up until the end where they get called Cholos. Which no, I'm pretty I, sure I, is a derogatory term. No, I'm pretty sure they're not called Cholos. I'm pretty sure the ritual they did is called the Cholo. I think that's what they were getting at. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah. Because <laughs> isn't Cholo like a severely derogatory term for a Mexican guy? See, now, I don't... <laughs> I don't know if it's severely derogatory. Uh, um, I'm pretty. But then I, again, I'm a white guy from Scotland, so I don't know. I was under the impression that it was a fucking slur. Like, <laughs> maybe. I'm pretty sure cholo is just like a term for a Mexican gang member. To be honest, I'm not entirely sure. Don't quote me on that. I'm gonna get cancelled. <laughs> but um, can't get cancelled if Nick Hunt's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Loophole. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but uh, uh, yeah, the street, the street so, thunder. Yeah, they straight up <laughs> fucking kill a kid. Yeah, <laughs> right in the chest. <laughs> sure, right in the chest, and her dad sees. The, he doesn't even see it. He just sees the aftermath of it. No, he just sees her body and the ice cream man's body. <laughs> the ice cream guys on the floor. Yeah. And the ice cream guy just very and he said tells him that there's a gun under the the dashboard. <laughs> this ice cream man's car. packing heat. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say packing heat. It looks like a thirty-two, so it's, it's not. That's not really packing heat. That's more. Or sorry, it's a thirty-eight. When were the When were the ice cream wars in Glasgow? Was that in the eighties or the seventies? Uh, I think that was seventies. <laughs> Shit, this this might have been a secret Glaswegian film. Uh, but, uh, no. Do you want to give some context for the ice cream wars? Because I think it was actually in the eighties. Uh, yeah. So Glasgow has a reputation for being a hard nut town. <laughs> and a reputation that was well earned in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> into, and the kind of 90s. into the 80s. It was, it was only in like the mid... Down towards the mid-2000s yeah. it began to become more it's, it's, palatable. It's becoming a bit fucked lately though. But uh, yeah... Um, oh yeah, it's, yeah the, the Neds are returning, but besides but the in, But in the 80s, um, organised crime gangs, whatever you want to call them, they used to sell... Uh, 
drugs out of ice cream vans in yeah. the east end of the city and you know <laughs> they would fight over turf yeah and which it was, led to the it, ice cream wars it was known as the ice cream wars yeah also led <laughs> to a urban myth being spread uh, in order to keep kids away from these ice cream vans the the blue van myth were you ever told this as a kid no that there so. was a blue van cutting about the colour of the van changes it's not always blue but there was a van cutting about and it was filled with killer clowns who would jump out, uh, cut your mouth open into a permanent smile and then launch you into the back of the van to turn you into one of the clowns. Like they would put you on laughing <laughs> gas and eventually you would turn into one of them. And it, this, this blue van toured the country for years. And it was a it was an urban myth all throughout uh, the west coast of Scotland and some parts of the east coast as well. Like, I've talked to folk from Edinburgh and that that knew what was up when I mentioned this, which really surprised me because apparently this fucking van See, got about the entirety of Scotland. Well, where I lived in, where I lived when I was a child um, before I moved to the west coast. Um, you were always west coast, No, I was in Clarkston for a while. In Clarkston? Kind of like, just no, it's barely. A, it's a suburb of Glasgow. Yeah, that's why it's cost you can't. Not really. It doesn't have a beach. It's right in there. But right, right, fucking right. West coast of Scotland is basically west side of the fucking place. But anyways, where we I live, we don't have a central. We don't have central fucking thing, right? We're no big enough for that. We've got west coast, east coast. That's it. There's fuck all in the middle. There's <laughs> yeah, a central belt. Yeah, which includes Sterling. parts of which includes parts of the fucking west coast. Stirling isn't in the west or the east. It's kind of in the middle. Yeah, but Stirling is shit. <laughs> so it's Perth, but uh, what do you call? It? Yeah, but where I lived, we didn't get ice cream vans, so I never heard that rumor. But um, no, yeah, we yeah that was a <laughs> that was a thing. But uh, do you know who was an ice cream man in Glasgow for a little bit? Who? Fred West. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the corbels. Fred West was an ice cream man in, in the Gorbals, yeah. Renowned en- English serial killer. <laughs> yeah, big fucking Fred and Rosie. Yeah, he was an ice cream man for a while in the Gorbals, and then he eventually had to leave Glasgow because... Because he, he killed a bunch of kids. He didn't kill He didn't kill a bunch. He ran over one, and it was an accident. He says it was an accident. Who yeah, was? come on, you fuck. It was Fred West we're talking <laughs> about here. Was that fucking accident? And then he fled, so he moved back down to England. But anyway... <laughs> ice cream vans uh, she got shot <laughs> yeah yeah god damn it maybe that's why this film resonated so well in the UK they were just aware of all this shit <laughs> oh. yeah they're looking they're watching this film in America it's like a mad dystopian thing then it comes over the UK we're just like oh fuck that was Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> I mean ice cream vans when I lived in the east end of Glasgow the ice cream vans were still fucking mental like, they, didn't, they didn't do any of that well, they might have actually but I don't know but you could buy, like, cigarettes and shit out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know if this ice cream van... Used, to be, able to, used to be able to buy Bucky ice cream vans and all that. I know, I never... Yeah. <laughs> Bucky ice cream, eh? But, no, uh, that's uh, Box in Glasgow do that. Do they? Yeah, they do Buck Fast ice cream. The Mad Chef in Box, he also does the... He also does the big dirty hot dog. It looks like a massive shite. <laughs> it's actually really good. Visit Glasgow. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> People make Glasgow. Oh, they really do. But, uh, yeah, she gets shot in the chest. Blood goes everywhere. Um, I can't remember if this was during or after she was a Disney star. Think afterwards. Think. <laughs> you can just imagine. The wonderful world of Disney and her chest gets fucking blown open. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that. 
But I, when I saw that, I, I didn't actually know that was from this movie. I only saw that as a gif um, that was going around for a while. I was like, what the fuck kind of movie is this? Turns out it's a damn good siege movie. I know, it was, it was really good. That was another title for the movie, actually, The Siege. <laughs> Um, mm. Which later in the nineties became a Bruce Willis movie, yeah. which we might get to at some point because it's it's quite good. But yeah, so that's our inciting incident. <laughs> Don't know how much of that you're going to cut out, but some of that's quite good. Probably a lot of it, to be honest. But <laughs> the, the, our inciting incident, which I should mention, happens a solid twenty five minutes into this hour and a half movie. Yeah, like the first twenty five minutes is mostly just character it's, development. And yeah. Building and, which is awesome. I love it so much. Also, this guy gets revenge really fucking quickly. Like I was <laughs> he just drives. He just drives and follows I was expecting this to be like, oh, it's going to be a mad dash. Uh, this guy's going to get arrested, and like I had this completely the opposite way about. Where I was like, okay, this guy's going to get arrested. He's going to take into the. Pre- he's going to be in the precinct for cover, mm-hmm. and it's going to be an angry mob trying to break this guy out of the police, and it's going to be a fun little like character study of oh should we just let this criminal go out to the mob because he'd done a terrible thing or should we do our actual fucking jobs and just like that would be an interesting movie that's where I thought it was going to go and then he just shot and killed the cunt and (laughs) then he just runs into a police station and and ran into a police station while getting followed by uh, the entire population of uh, LA (laughs) would seem uh, who are all packing fucking heat then he becomes catatonic for the rest of the movie yeah and this is how this is how you know it's LA in the the 70s because these people actually have assault rifles and uh, (laughs) we just talk about as well the, the gang you know it's a street gag of the 70s. I don't know how, how, you know, what the racial makeup of gags were back in the day, but these guys, they're multicultural. Oh, yes. <laughs> they are. Uh... They specifically state that at the start of the yeah. film as well, yeah. which is which is an <laughs> unintentionally hilarious line. Because, like, <laughs> at the time, and what little research I've done into, like, kind of 70s and 80s kind of gang culture, uh, in LA it was very much segregated so you would have like you know like there would be so there would be for instance like one like there would be like the gangs and like the fucking projects and whatnot, and there would be then there would be like gangs that's all fucking Mexicans when it's all like you'd have like the triads it was all Chinese and all that shit so it was very rare to have to see that mm-hmm. the gangs were very much segregated so at the time that this film came out that would be something of note but watching it is John Carpenter scared of multiculturalism. Watching it in the yeah, <laughs> watching it in the modern day, that's the takeaway that you get. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he is, but no, he's not. He's, 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 he seems like, like a chill guy. Yeah, yeah, he seems pretty cool, but like, it's still funny watching it now with this sort of modern lens and being like, you know, one of the no- and I think it's literally in the radio broadcast say like an interesting thing of note about these particular gangs is the interracial makeup of that they used to phrase interracial and yeah, did you like, see oh how they were God. credited in the, the credits no how white warrior hispanic warrior black they're warrior they're called warriors that's glorious <laughs> well, I wonder yeah. if they'd come out to play anyway hmm. let's <laughs> hmm. yeah I, yeah, I, 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 I feel bad for that one I'm sorry but uh, anyway <laughs> So the dialogue gets changed. This is another note that that I have here, which like the gang members are they when they see the dad sitting there with the fucking gun pointed at their car, they all fuck off like they book yeah, it they, at some place they bolt. <laughs> to leave this guy to die, 
And then it's like they get halfway away and they went, wait a minute, we've all got guns. And then they turn around <laughs> and fucking chase them. Now, watching the rest of the film, it's clear that they were going back to get like the rest of the gang because at mm-hmm. the moment it was just four of them. But in that moment, when I was first watching it, I was just like, you ran away like five seconds ago. Why the fuck are you chasing them now? <laughs> that's true. Well, uh, I will say though as well, um, there's a lot of shot because he runs to a phone booth. Right, a phone booth in the middle of fucking nowhere, I might Yeah, add. yeah, right. So a that, fucking Bill and Ted. You phone see a couple booth. of those. You see a couple of those, um, especially later in the movie. It's the same one, is it? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you see, do you know what that really reminded me of? It was. It isn't like a particular movie or anything. Uh, just kind of whatever. When I saw this phone booth in the middle of nowhere, I'm just sitting there going like, "Huh, that looks like a fucking David Lynch movie." <laughs> See, you thought David Lynch. I thought Bill and Ted. <laughs> so uh, in the middle of nowhere, I was just—I was just expecting fucking George Carlin to pop. Oh God, made myself sad. But uh, fucking, yeah, I was just expecting him to pop out and just be like, "Hey, you know, I've never seen Bill and Ted." <laughs> it's fucking good, man. I'm a film snob. <laughs> I'm it's not, a fucking good movie. I'm not a film snob. I, I watched. Um... You watched some of it in the shade. <laughs> what, what did I watch the other day? It was fucking terrible. I mean, I watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I mean, come on. For fuck's sake. Right, so, moving <laughs> on. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is the point where the film gets tense as fuck. We're about five minutes out from our first big action sequence. The the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the siege. And then you see it, the guy, he runs into the police station. He can't speak. He's, he's he can panicking. barely stand. And then the... Oh, I can't remember his name, but there was a police officer there. Who is, he's just uh, shouting at his face. Yeah, he's, he's just about to slap him. It was reminding me of like the bit from Airplane. Oh yeah. Dr. Yanni did it in front of the plane. Yeah. Um, I, I've got that. We should watch that after this because I've got that. It's a good movie. But um, and then uh, there's... Yeah. But yeah, and then amongst that you've got uh, Starker and uh, Napoleon Wilson. Yes. You know, on their way to the... They get diverted to the precinct because one because one of them is very ill. Yeah, apparently this whole scene in the bus was actually shot like on a, on like um, they blocked off a bit of highway and usually when stuff inside like a vehicle is filmed instead of actually driving it as being towed, uh, not in this case though, they were actually driving what? the bus. <laughs> oh for fuck's so, sake! So uh, so uh, well, so um, Justin. Uh, Who the fuck drove the? <laughs> but Darwin Johnson, Napoleon Wilson, he said like when he was giving his lines in that mm. scene, he couldn't hear himself, so he's just yeah because he's in a moving fucking bus. Yeah, and and because they had they must have had to ADR that to fuck. Oh, probably, and because they had such um, a low budget, yeah. uh, Carpenter said that they shot as little as possible, but they just extended the scenes. <laughs> So they probably only did like a couple of takes of that. <laughs> so we just had to kind of wing it. Yeah. But uh, so they get redirected to the jail. No, not to the jail. To the uh, the, to the precinct. precinct. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Starker's a bit of a dick because uh, a bit. <laughs> so the phone. He's a f- massive dick. So the phone lines. He's he's on hold for ages on the phone trying to you know up give an update or whatever. Been there. Yeah, and then uh, the phone lines get cut, which we don't really know until later but like the phone lines get cut and he, he's sitting there and he and puts down the phone and then he goes through, yeah. Uh, Bishop yeah he's like you run this place like a shithouse Bishop and he's like whoa yeah like. <laughs> whoa I actually thought Starker was going to be in this movie a lot longer than he was I was actually shocked when he died oh yeah same big time spoilers by I the thought, way yeah, I thought he was going to be 
I thought he was going to be one of our sort of secondary antagonists, like within it, and he would just be all for sending these men out to fucking See, I die. Did, I didn't think he was going to be an antagonist. I thought he was going to be like, uh, not to the level of bishop. But I thought he was going to be like one of the guys that maybe lasts till the end. Is kind of like you know what Wells, you know what you know what Wilson, you're all right. Yeah, you something know? like that, maybe. Yeah, I can but see it, that happening. But no, he just gets shot in the back a couple of times, and I have to also talk about the squibs in this movie when people get shot. For a movie from 1976, holy fuck! Yeah, these squibs are good. <laughs> uh, also, the <laughs> this film had a budget of a hundred of what was a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I would not be surprised in the slightest if ninety thousand of that was just squibs. Because <laughs> fuck me, they go through a lot of those things. Like especially in the opening like stages of the actual siege of mm-hmm. the precinct, that place gets lit the fuck up. And mm-hmm. there are multiple extended shots of just squibs going off left, right, and chip shop. It is oh, fucking God. unreal. Also, right, do you mind me going on a quick rant about this fucking film in a moment? It's a nitpicky thing. Well, if you let me just say for, initially that the uh, the silenced gun noises are actually from... Uh, GoldenEye. I wasn't going to say GoldenEye because I haven't played it, but I was going to say Time Splitters, but there you go. <laughs> they are from GoldenEye. They're made by the same folk, so... Yeah. Uh... But that's that's related to my rant. Okay. It's not how fucking silencers work. <laughs> no, because they're like, oh, you can't hear any guns. Yeah, because it wasn't it. It's There's, a, Wells. Was, There's no. a scene where Wells is firing off a, a gun. He has a pistol that has a silencer on it. No, no, it's it's not Wells. Oh, it is Wells, yeah. It is. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's firing off his pistol. There's a silencer on it. And then afterwards... He, they mention it's not loaded, and he goes, God damn silence, oh. I've been firing blanks all night. <laughs> not how a fucking silence so much. Okay, right. <laughs> so, so for those blessed individuals out there who have not spent half of most of their teenage years watching fucking FPS Russia and all that shit, right? Uh, Did you know he was in jail? Yeah, yeah. For yeah, drug possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... Uh, the way that a silencer works essentially is it extends the barrel, and along that barrel, there's multiple holes within it for the gas to disperse. So mm. it doesn't. So rather than one big explosion, it's multiple small ones, effectively. However, it is still multiple small fucking explosions. It is still loud. It's not going to. There's no way it would just make a sound unless you were shooting a fucking BB pellet. Like, that sound does not exist anywhere outside of games and movies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The only thing that that silencer really significantly decreases is muzzle flash and the echo <laughs> of the bun, of the gun on firing. You won't hear that, like, kind of going off, right? So, those in the immediate vicinity, they all would have heard the gunshots. They would have known roughly where they were coming from. It wouldn't have been, just the window's breaking, that's all we can hear. No, that's all people like a fuck like five or six miles away would have heard. Yeah, but they would have still heard like the fucking guns going off. Yeah, that's all it does. It just stops the sound from travelling as far. So that's why, like nine times out of ten, when you do see silencers in use in more practical situations, they're on long range weapons. They're on like sort of longer range assault rifles. They're on snipers. They're on sort of bolt actions, things like that. The most ridiculous use of a silencer I've ever seen in a movie. And it was pretty cool, so I'm not mad or anything at it. It was, um, have you seen No Country for Old Men? Yes. When he's using a silent shotgun? Yes. <laughs> don't, don't, I will say, silencers do exist for shotguns. And 
they are not as anywhere near as pointless yeah, as that would suggest because shotguns can fire slugs and as such when they're firing slugs the range is increased significantly and as such a silencer can be used effectively uh, silent shotguns were also used effectively during Vietnam in particular in sort of some sort of hit and run techniques that were used by the American GIs uh, towards the end of the war but yeah that's oh fucking hell that, that just that that really fucking annoyed me. Also, the way that um, Wilson, Wilson, yeah, Wilson fires Wilson? a sh- yeah fires a shotgun in this movie. Mm-hmm. I am ninety percent. Well, not ninety. I'm like sixty percent sure that shotgun couldn't fire that way. Because he's slam firing it. Right. I don't Which know much about how that, shotguns fire. I've never fired a shotgun. Right. So yet. basically. The way it's similar to, I can actually show you the 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 thing of it because my Nerf gun does a, has a similar does a similar <laughs> thing, right? Normally you would cock it and then fire it. However, with some specific makes of shotguns, you can do a thing called slam firing, where you just hold the trigger down and pump the the shotgun, Spass 12. and that will automatically fire it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Spas twelve had that feature. The trench gun, as it was known from World War or one and two, had that feature. Uh, to the point where the Germans wrote to the German government wrote to the American government numerous times to try and get them to stop doing it, <laughs> and after World War or two, actually petitioned to get this gun declared under like the like weapons that cannot be used on the same realm of like fucking chemical weapons and shit because of how effective this fucker was, <laughs> <laughs> like. Full, like honestly, the thing was unreal. Because again, you could just slam fire it to see through the trenches. Mm. Oh, fucking no chance, man! They're shooting the fucking MP40s loaded nine millimeter, and this guy's just like, "That's nice. Have some fucking buckshot." <laughs> As a matter of fact, have six pellets of have six fucking rounds of buckshot, you asshole, chicken, yeah. in one go. But the gun that he's using. And this from that particular shotgun. Sounds like a regular pump action shotgun to me. Yeah, but because of the length of it as well, I don't think that shotgun could, uh, at least, even if it was slam firing, it would not be as quick as he fires it. He fires it as though it's got a fucking magazine in it. Mm. He yeah. fires it the way you would fire an A12, basically. But a lot of the a lot of the gang members at that point, uh, when they're starting to crawl through the windows, I think the gang members in general, except for the main four of them. Yeah, um, they were played by USC students. Yeah, so like they just had fun. <laughs> oh yeah, they were just having a grand old time. John, John, so, I don't know which that. one. Sorry it, about that gun rant. By I don't way, I know. I is... don't know which gang member it is that's climbing for the windows, but John Carpenter is one of them. Yeah, <laughs> but you know. is he the one that gets his like chin blown off? I couldn't tell you. I know he's in yeah. there somewhere, but uh, <laughs> but that's that part there is primarily where I think the Night Living Dead influence comes in. Uh, yeah, that initial none of the none of the gang members the really have yeah none of the gang members really have any like personality or humanity there they're just kind of like a, a big wave <laughs> yeah that's it they are just a big wave of uh, so basically this of, movie is yeah uh, adversities this movie is just Call of Duty zombies but with people <laughs> so payday two is that what that is I've never played payday two it's it can be a horde shooter it can also be a stealth game if you play it the way that most people play it but when I play it it's a fucking horde shooter. <laughs> Because I can't be fucked with stealth. You know, uh, what you were saying earlier about um, you were wondering if they were going to do the whole, oh, should we give them them or should we do our job as cops? You know, they kind of do do that. 
with yeah, for uh, all the five seconds. But, uh, but, but because it's, it's with, an innocent but, man, yeah, but it's it with a different character. <laughs> but because it's with an innocent man, it doesn't hold anywhere near of the same kind of gravitas that would because you're obviously you're just going to be like, fucking no, this mm. poor guy just came in almost catatonic, fucking like desperately trying to say something about like you know that they killed his daughter. He said he managed to get that out, and that information is known to everyone at this at the point that this scene happens. That information is known to everyone. No, they don't know that his daughter's dead. They do. Because, no, 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 no he specifically it. says to her, right, to not uh, Julie, uh, Leah, he says to Lee about that, right? And Lee is then later shown talking to Bishop before this scene takes place and translates. He said to me that's about something about his daughter had died. Yeah, but then but they don't know that they did that because remember and when I they're mean, in the basement, two and two together. No, but remember when they're in the basement, they yeah. actually look at him and say like, "We don't know what he's done. We don't know. We don't know why he's here. He's just here." Yeah, she, yeah. Julie says that because she's going fucking mental, but everyone else is like, "Well, they don't even say anything to correct her. They're just kind of like, yeah." <laughs> I don't know. I know he's rubbing me up the wrong way. But uh, and then he's cat's talk for the rest of the movie. He's the barber of this movie. And uh, yes, 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 we have Nancy Loomis. I can't actually remember her character's name, but whatever. She's Joy. Yeah, yeah, she's just there screaming. She she's there to die essentially. She has cannon fodder. Yeah, and she gets shot. Off. She gets shot off screen. And uh, I did think it was kind of weird though. There's there's almost a uh, is it our romantic feelings between Napoleon Wilson and uh, Lee? Is that I'm, what they're trying to do here? I'm Bishop. I thought by the end of the movie, but. <laughs> That might just be me. Uh, <laughs> well, he was just saying his whistling was pretty. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I don't think it was his whistling he was talking about. I think it was just being like, you're very pretty. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, there is, the, the, is hint, there is a romantic subplot that is hinted. I thought that was weird. Between Napoleon Wilson and Lee, uh, which is a, a very strange one. There's also a, there's a line towards the beginning of the movie as well, which kind of thing is to that, where... Lee comes in and she's just kind of staring at Napoleon like... That's all they really do, they just kind of stare at each other. Yeah, but she stares at Napoleon and then fucking... What is it? Wells? Wells. Wells. Turns to me and he's just like, oh, you've got like the magic touch or some shit like that. And like you have your moments or something that he says Ooh. to him. And he's just looking at him like... He said nothing. He just stared at a woman as she walked past awkwardly while she also stared back and walked away awkwardly. That's not a, that's not a moment. That's a prelude to a fucking court case. That's what that is. That's, that's, yeah. that's what that is. I would like fuck that shit. Napoleon will Napoleon has some pretty good lines in this though. Where he's, oh uh, yeah, preacher said uh, I had something to do with death. <laughs> okay, I guess he was right. <laughs> yeah, he killed a bunch of people. Uh, yeah. prior to this movie as well, he killed a bunch of people. But yeah. uh, and then uh, a lot of his um, his whole thing of like. Uh, uh, character will ask him like so how did you get the name Napoleon it's like, I'll tell you later that comes from a Charles Bronson Western yeah. Sergio Leone thing I... although it does give one of the uh, one of the saddest lines in the movie uh, regarding to what's his name Stalker Striker he's told Striker's I'm dead sure, I'm pretty sure it's Stalker he's told that this guy's dead and he just goes ah shit Starker Starker yeah he's told that Starker's dead and he's like and Wilson's response is, oh, shit. I had something to tell him. Mm. You know, and that was it. Like, oh, I was going to tell him something or something like that. And it was like, a, that's a genuine moment of like, 
Oh fuck, okay, there was actually a level of respect between these two. That's that's interesting. That's kinda Oh, okay. That got me a little bit. I don't I'm not gonna lie, I was a wee bit choked up at that point. I did like how uh, when they were getting when this is going back a bit in the movie where um uh, Wilson and the rest of the prisoners getting moved onto the bus. He just kind of fucking lassoes that fucking prison warden. <laughs> I guess he doesn't stand up as good as he used to. Yeah! <laughs> that was great. Like, he doesn't sit as well as he used to earlier. It's a great callback. It's a great bit of revenge yeah. from him as well. But bringing it back up to like the play-by-play. So the, the assault, the first assault ends with uh, some squibs going off in a pile of paper. And a bunch of glass breaking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nancy Lewis getting shot somewhere. We don't really know where, but she's, yeah. she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. <laughs> and uh, we get a lovely little bit of product placement as a Coca Cola machine is used as a barricade. That that Coca Cola machine also didn't look very heavy. Did you see how easy they moved that? Oh yeah. They just fucking rolled that thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> well, for some reason, instantly that bit reminded me of uh, Doctor Strangelove, just because it was a cola machine. <laughs> Oh, the fucking cholo ritual, though. Yeah, <laughs> they just, just mix in their. They just no, no, no. Just, well, remember the remember at the very beginning of the movie where they're just kind of. Oh yeah. They're just mixing their blood into a mixing bowl. <laughs> yeah. Ah, like, oh, if they didn't make it past this movie, they wouldn't have lasted the eighties. So. No, they would not. Have <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh good God, no! Eighties Los Angeles as well. Jesus fuck no. I will admit when I saw that when they were just mixing all this blood together like I'm quite I'm fine with gore but that got to me for some reason I was like Ugh. I think because it was so it wasn't like gore in a fantastical sense it wasn't body horror it wasn't anything like that this was like some real shit like what mm. you would see like these kind of almost cultish cult-esque gang members kind of do <laughs> and that that, that kind of stark reality of it for, for me, made it a lot harder to watch than something like, say, uh, like the gore in like a Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Or Terrifier 2. Kind of oh, fuck that shit. But, uh, <laughs> I watched that not too long ago. <laughs> I've still not seen the second one. Uh, it's, it looks okay. I wasn't a big fan of the first, so I'm probably going to skip it. So, anyway, little bit of a sidebar before a little bit of a sidebar before we actually review those movies because we're not going to do it anytime soon. First movie, terrible. Second one, it's all right, but does it need to be two and a half hours long? No. <laughs> Will I watch it again? Seen, Maybe. <laughs> I've only seen the first one. My review is everything, everything in the film that is not art or the special effects department is fucking shit. Uh, if you can deal with shit in order to see some awesome practical effects and a fantastic performance from uh, I can't remember the guy's name but the guy that plays Art uh, then yeah go for it by all means but uh, those things do not interest you also it is insanely violent like there is a there is one I know you know the kill I'm talking about as well in the first movie that just <laughs> that's that really that was like I'm, I'm a bit of a gore hound, right? For me, even for bother, me, that was too far. That didn't bother me too much because I already seen that in another movie. <laughs> yeah, no, but specifically that was too far for Bone me. Bone tomahawk, like, bro. <laughs> that was that was too much for me, and I've seen the fucking wrong turn films. Like that was too much. Right? Are those known for their gore? Oh yeah, yeah. I passed the basically everything past the second one is a glorified torture porn. Right, well, but because, the... <laughs> it came out because they were basically trying to like the first one was kind of mental the second one had Henry Rollins in it and was awesome and was directed by the same guy that done Mayhem 
Uh, I didn't uh, see that. But yeah, I can deal with Terrifier yeah. gore, but that little bo- <laughs> that little baking bowl full of blood kind of got to me. And then when they're I don't the reality, of and then it, when they the... chuck then when they chuck the bowl at the the precinct, and they place that little flag down. I couldn't make out what the flag said, so like I was just imagining in my head, just you know, just like the guy runs back, and like, you didn't straighten out the fucking flag, you idiot. Oh they can't, yeah, they can't read that shit. They're supposed to feel fear. <laughs> They're supposed to feel fear, not confusion, motherfucker. Get this dealt with. He has to run back and he straightens out a little bit more. I'm sorry. Feel fear. He runs back with. He runs back with an iron. <laughs> Starts ironing it out. You're supposed to be a warrior. The guy's just muttering under his breath, just like I'm supposed to be a fucking black warrior, and here I am ironing his fucking frills. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't make out what it said. I don't even know if it said anything. I should have stayed, stayed in art school. <laughs> <laughs> or if it was just a picture or something. But, yeah. I, don't know, I think I'm pretty sure it was the word Cholo <laughs> on there. I think. <laughs> I, I can't be sure because the flag's kind of all scrunched up, but yeah. Ah, well. But, uh, you know. And then uh, <laughs> Wells is sitting there saying that they need to leave by. Uh... Well, his plan was just to run out the door, wasn't it? Just like, His plan was to jump out a window and fucking book it. Yeah, but then they're like, no, don't do that. Go into the sewers. Now, here's my issue, because they never really explained this. If you're going into the sewers, the sewers are connected to a vast network of more sewers and tunnels. Yet they only just went out that one manhole. They didn't try any other direction. And he actually mentions that as well. One of them mentions that. It's like, oh, why didn't you just run and why didn't you just go into the sewers and go the other direction and get away from here? Why not just go into the sewers and then fuck off down the sewers for a while <laughs> and then pop up somewhere else and be like hey we're away from there no they didn't do that because they'd believe in the the comatose guy to his death if they'd done that they're also afraid of all the chuds down there <laughs> have you not seen that <laughs> what the fuck is chuds have you ever seen chuds I've never uh, seen chuds cannibalistic human underground dwellers what the fuck you never seen Chud? No. Alright, well... Uh, is that one that we're, Is that going to be our next break from John Carpenter? We're going to watch fucking Chuds? No. <laughs> Why not? No, because it's not that great. But, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I want to see Chuds. Or, or were they afraid of alligators in the sewers? But I don't know. But Nah, that's Florida. <laughs> but why didn't they do this? Because alligators in the sewers? Nah, I don't know yet. Yeah, that's... That is a that is a fairly big plot hole. And why was that? Why was that gang member just hiding in that car? Oh yeah. <laughs> what was he it doing just in there? Fucking pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> what was he doing in there? I don't know, man. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I did like um, I did like um, Bishop's reaction after uh, Wells maybe he just dies. Broke the glass, yeah. <laughs> Wait, he's sitting. He's like, oh, maybe it was just a window breaking. <laughs> just trying to convince himself. Then he fucking loses his shit. Yeah, it's mm. great. But then they have to go down to the basement. Oh yeah, so one other thing that happens is with before the before all of this, we're introduced to Chekhov's acetylene char- torch. Uh, <laughs> after the first yeah, he's like, assault. oh, if a straight bullet just hit this, and then he just leaves it where it fucking was. It's like, no, no, put that put that downstairs, put that somewhere where they can't fucking get it. Don't just say if a straight bullet would have hit this, we'd all be fucking dead. No, just fucking get rid of it. And here's how you also know this is a low-budget movie. They say they have an upstairs, but you never see it. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he, what, what does Don't he say? Upstairs is destroyed or something. He says upstairs is a upstairs is a no go because it's too wide open. I'm like, what's what are you doing upstairs? <laughs> you just have the walls. By, I thought by upstairs they meant like the roof. I don't know. But then when you see like exterior shots, it is very clearly like a big precinct. So like, yeah, upstairs there would be a, like a second or third floor. Mm-hmm. So they, they have to hightail down to the basement. Um, <laughs> this very small boxing room, and the uh, the best visual gag of the movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it so much. Support your local police, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's supposed like to say support your local, local police. police but it's like the sign was cut to it was cut in half essentially it's like the first half of a sign but uh, it's it's so funny when they bring it off of the wall and it just says support your local police and they're using it as a barricade from this fucking gang war it's so good also I meant to bring this up earlier speaking of uh, the shotgun do do police uh, do police stations in America just have a personal shotgun crate no, that would have been a key. This guy was... <laughs> no, right, so... What's the best way to kind of describe this? <laughs> Is he just freaking out there? <laughs> Essentially, he's just preparing for his way for to leave. <laughs> but he doesn't get to leave because the gang attacks before he gets to leave for the other station. He's one of the first ones to get shot. The old captain, I'm sure. No, he, no, no it wasn't him. He left. It was the guy in the office. Oh right, okay, yeah. So, oh, yeah so We've got to talk about him as well. He just walks outside and then like, he gets shot because but because in this movie silencers make no noise. Um He at just all. fell. Yeah. And she he just fell. Then he goes out then the bishop goes outside again and he gets shot at. Oh no, he didn't just fall. He was shot. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, <laughs> that fucking annoys me. <laughs> but yeah, like um yeah, that guy just left. He made it out. He was fine. Yeah, so what the fuck was with that shotgun in the big-ass case then? <laughs> Is it just because he was in, like, a horrible area? He was just like, fuck him, we put a shotgun. Yeah, but why did they lock it? That's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. That says to me that he didn't make it out. Well, he left. He locked it for to take it with him, and then... No, I think he was leaving it for them, just in case. But he might but just... didn't leave the fucking key. Yeah. <laughs> he just leaves, he just forgets to leave the key. That's oh god. Anyway, yeah. Apart from that, this is a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> like we're, we're, there's a lot to nitpick about it. Mm. And what um, is it with movies around this time period as well? Like specific, like exploitation type movies. I would count this as an exploitation movie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. No, I would not count this as exploitation. No, but but in this sort of time because there's no taste. Well, violence though. Yeah, but a lot of the violence is in the dark. It's not expl- It's not like extreme proper, like you're seeing blood and guts everywhere. It's just people getting shot. Yeah, that's fair. But then... Um, like, exploitation for me is more along the lines of, like, your Friday the 13th, like, close-up shots of people getting, like, their arms cut off and throat mm. slit and shit like that, and then randomly getting their fucking tits out. And but in this, uh, in this time period as well... Yeah. Which leads on to my next point. <laughs> There's a lot of cutaways to, like, these two random... Police officers just in their car trying to find whatever. Find the place, yeah. Oh, this happens a lot. This happens in like the original um, Last House on the Left as well. It does, yeah. But but they're they're done for comedic effect in that one. This one not so much. But like uh... this one is more to show the fact that they have no fucking hope, <laughs> uh, which is honestly quite effective because like you see these cut because the first cutaway happens and you're like, oh thank God someone's actually looking. We're going to get it and it's going to be like the big action film ending where. It's going to be all the cops versus all the baddies 
cops mm. and robbers shoot out at the fucking all that stuff and then they literally the guy's like why don't we turn down here and check out the old precinct nah it's shut let's move on <laughs> and in any other film that would be comedic in this film it's fucking terrifying because it's like oh god yeah no one's coming for you as far as everyone else is concerned this place is is gone it's, and one it's of deep. them one of them looks a lot like a young Harry Dean Stanton it's not him but like yeah, cause if it was him he would have aged rapidly <laughs> in the space of four years before they got to Aliens <laughs> Was it four years? Yeah, I think it was three, but cigarettes will do that to you, man. When did this come out? 76? Yeah. Alien was 79. Alien was 79? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, cigarettes will do that to you. Yeah, they will, yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. And then they only figure out that something's going on after they just stop their car. And then a fucking, uh, what was it, the telephone guy? The telephone repair man. That you never see before this. Yeah, as hanging from the lines and dripping blood onto the car <laughs> which is just okay all, all cars <laughs> they got a body oh. and then uh, then we have the finale where uh, all the gang members they say they're chucking Molotovs they're not you never, you never see them <laughs> but um, no that's just an excuse to keep them in the basement and to see the smoke coming through so that he needs to take the three shots so it's tense as fuck <laughs> And then uh, you never, really, you, you don't really see an explosion. It's just kind of you big, hear it. Yeah, you see a flash. But, uh, Which, to be honest, I like that. Mm. I like that you don't see the explosion because they explicitly state that one of the things they're using to fuel it is magnesium flares. Mm. So you would see fuck all. Uh, <laughs> like, sorry, you would see everything for like a split second, and then <laughs> you would see fuck all for the rest of your life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) gang members are wiped out some of them did you know some of them are like properly like singed yeah (laughs) they're supposed to be singed not all of them are (laughs) looks a lot like blackface to me though (laughs) it looks dodgy it looks really fucking dodgy man I know know that's the effect they're going for it's clearly supposed to be just singed but see because it is low budget as fuck they clearly have just put shoe polish over some of these guys, so it looks like they've just blacked up. Like, it's, it's so bad. You know, these, uh, they're all dead, you know. They're the, all the, fucking the, dead. The police come down and... Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know... Well, Bishop, we ask them for a smoke. <laughs> first thing he says, got a smoke? <laughs> uh, Bishop Sorry. freaks out some... Bicycle pose guys for trying to do his job. Oh, yeah, he tries to put Wilson back in cuffs. Wilson, who, I need that remind you, was on his way to death fucking row. Like, this guy is. He's probably done some fucked up shit. He's done some <laughs> messed up shit. He's, he's done a few murders. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> like, you know. I but, honestly thought, right? Yeah. I honestly thought that after that police guy leaves and Lee's gone, um, that it was gonna be like a fast and furious ending. Where he was gonna, where he was gonna, he was gonna, gonna like, let him go. Oh, uh, and he was gonna like crawl through the tunnel or something. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, I don't know where he went. <laughs> yeah, that's I what I was thinking too. I thought that was gonna happen, but no, they just kind of walk out also, together. The way they were kind of, yeah, the way they were kind of putting Wilson up. I was waiting for a, you know, I didn't commit this crime kind of storyline where it was like he was done up for a crime he didn't actually commit. No, we just sort of situation, but no, he he fully done that shit <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, He's he's going to go to death row at the end of this movie. He's just <laughs> going to be taken there by a guy who's kind of pally with instead of being taken there by a random. That's all that's, that's changed for him. Do you think he went to his execution? What? Do you think uh, Do you think Bishop went to his execution? I 
think he hit the fucking plunger and gave him the injection. I'll do it, buddy. Thanks, bro. <laughs> I, put a wee bit, I put a wee bit in heroin in there just to make it a sweet ride. Cheers. <laughs> well, this is the 70s. They're probably using the, the electric chair. So like, oh, it would have been the chair, yeah. Yeah, so you think he's like, I put a little bit more water in the sponge. <laughs> I, put, <laughs> I put whiskey in the sponge for you. Thanks. Wait, what? Poof! <laughs> up in flames. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I probably shouldn't have done that. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to get fired. And then we have the amazing <laughs> score to... <laughs> to close us out oh yeah John Carpenter <laughs> fucking <laughs> kills it uh, didn't you say the exploited used the baseline I don't know if it was it just sound there's an exploited song I can't remember the name of it it's off um, oh, I want to say it's off the Beat the Bastards album <laughs> what an album name uh, well the, the, the album after that was called Fuck the System so <laughs> but um, I think it was off the Beat the Bastards album because I, I, I remember there being a song that has a bass line that has a start like that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. They've got a song as well that reminds me of the Doctor Who theme, so... I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll show it to you later. There's a song that they no, have. what song is it? I'm trying to think. I can't remember the name of it right now. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay, it's off one of their 80s albums, but... Because um, I like the exploited. I don't remember hearing a song that sounds like Doctor Who. <laughs> He's a... What do you fucking want to pronounce his name? He's in hospital. He collapsed on stage. But he's been doing that for like the last 10 years or so, so who knows. But, you know. But God, yeah, the, Godspeed. <laughs> Godspeed, why? You're like the only good Edinburgh punk band. Uh, yeah, please stick around for fuck's sake. We need you. You've been saying you're going to bring out a new album since 2003. Come on. <laughs> we need it. Yeah. Do you know what they're... Um, uh, I can't remember if he's their bassist or their guitar player. He's just called Irish Rob. I love it. He's got the dreads. I love it. <laughs> But yeah, oh. yeah, we're left with John Carpenter's fantastic score to close us out. Uh, it's a good score. Is it his best? I don't know, but uh, it's certainly up there. It's like one of the it's one of the greats. I would mm. say definitely because it's fucking tight, man. Do so do good. Do do do. Yeah. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> And you've got the little one. Why did we just turn into fucking Metalocalypse for a second there? I don't know, but then you've got the fucking, uh, <laughs> what do you call it, the uh, the more soulful jazzy bits, you know, when something sad's happening. Yeah. And I keep thinking it's like a Deep Purple rip-off, but no, not Deep Purple rip-off, but I can see Deep Purple doing something like yeah. that. I keep, I kept expecting, every time that came on, I kept expecting to see like PS1 era um, subtitles come up. <laughs> Oh God! Because for some reason it just kept reminding me of the Silent Hill soundtrack. Uh, whenever the smooth jazz stuff came on, I just <laughs> it's Shenmue. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Not Shenmue. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck Shenmue. Those games are so so fucking shit. Oh, I can't really speak to that. I've ever played them. But uh, oh, I'm so boring, man. They're so fucking boring. <laughs> Great score though, and then uh, yeah. yeah, apparently um, this film. How long do you think it took to? film this entire movie I don't know but how long is the film hour and a half uh, about three hours then <laughs> <laughs> no nah uh, I would I would say it would take like a, a good a good wee while like a better part of a year like, 20 days what the fuck what no yeah no 20 days way. 20 days start to finish including apparently including the film including all of the like action scenes and all that yeah. shit like that was 20 days yeah well, a lot of the stuff in the action scenes are just reused shots. If you didn't... I mean, yeah, true, but yeah. still. But uh, 20 days, including over Thanksgiving. 
Ja. Jag ska börja Shane. Thanksgiving, you just do it again the next well, month, it's called Christmas. Somebody must do it in a belt or a pie though, that's uh, the problem. I have pumpkin pie the other day. Nice. It's fucking, it's fucking class. I do like a pumpkin pie myself, it's really nice. Mm. We have 20 days to film this movie, back to front, you know, so. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, low budget, you do what you can. Yeah, but even still, man, like 20 days on this film, that's unreal. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really well done, like that's, oh man. That's like that's proper like increased my that's really like uh sort of shot this film up in my sort of internal rankings for this just the fact that it was shot so quickly and done so well. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's unreal. And Carpenter said this is actually the the one film they had the most fun doing. <laughs> of course it is, because it's the most like a fucking western. <laughs> well, yeah. The man just wants to make a western. Let John Carpenter make a fucking western. I don't know, he's done three others I can think of that are kinda of like westerns a little bit. Have western elements in them. I don't care. Let him do they a full live. one. Yeah. Vampires, ghosts of Mars. Fuck all of them. Let him do a full blown western. Oh well, I don't, well, he did do a but he did do a couple of Western TV movies. I don't fuck that. No, let him do. Let which him we won't release, be covering because I can't find them. <laughs> let him do a full blown like theatrical release, mm. big ass Western. Like, he has, on. he has that said though. Awesome. He has said he's willing to come out of film retirement because um, he wants to make a Dead Space movie. Yeah, and he's been saying this for years, but now Kurt Russell's saying that he wants to make a Dead Space movie as well. So he could not be Isaac Clarke. There's I don't no think he would way. be. I think he'd be somebody else, but yeah. He's too old now for, for that role. He ne- well, he never actually said he wants to act in it. He never right. specified what he wants to do in it. But he oh, said he would he like, like to make to it. it. Yeah. Maybe, but he said he would like to make a Dead Space movie. He wants to be involved, so who knows. Yeah. John Carpenter may be doing a Dead Space movie. That would be interesting, I guess. I would watch the shit out of that. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I probably would as well, to be honest. But, you know. Uh, yeah, that was the, and that's the Solomon Precinct 13. As I said, when it came out, didn't do that well in America. Done Did really, well over here. <laughs> done really well in the UK, got, and then done even better in mainland Europe. Got a cult status. Yes. Status, however you want to pronounce that word. And uh, yeah, after uh, the success of George Carpenter's later films, in particular Halloween, a lot of people then went back to this film, and uh, that just sort of elevated its cult status even more as mm. it gained a kind of second. Uh, a Second Life on VHS. I need to actually confirm this, but I think Mustafa Akkad saw Assault Precinct 13 was like, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll get him to do this movie. A little movie <laughs> that we're going to make. Mm. Called Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I... I that, that's what's next, isn't it? Halloween's it is up next, yeah. yeah. it is up next, yeah. But I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Precinct 13. I'd probably watch it again. So. Oh yeah, I'm I'm going to watch it again, definitely. I'm kind of from what I remember though, um, I have seen the remake before, and the remake it was fine. S- the setup of it's quite different actually, because like, oh, right, okay. So Lawrence did they, Fitt- not, did they not kill a kid in the remake? No, they don't. They don't. From what I remember, they don't. For shame. Well, for shame. And instead of a instead of gang instead of a gang trying to kill everybody, it's corrupt police officers, because it's something like oh, okay. so Napoleon Napoleon. Um, so maybe they, so did they go down the whole like Napoleon, crime didn't commit route in the remake no so Napoleon Wilson in the remake is like some big organised crime boss and he's being moved into he's get he's going to trial and he gets moved in there and he's going right. to he's going to testify okay. to a lot of shit and Ethan Hawke's like the one guy that's trying to stop her well he's, uh, he's I think he's he's um, he's like the one working Bishop's character yeah yeah, yeah. He's Bishop's character, and then uh, all these crop police officers are like, let's fucking kill him! So, you know. Okay, that's a very different movie. Mm. Really, Liotta's in it as well, I think. 
med hey, rest in peace. I keep forgetting he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he died. <laughs> he's dead. Straight up fucking died. Mm, well, yeah. But uh, yeah, so on Precinct 13, I would... I, I, I would I'm probably going to recommend it. Yeah, Honestly. I would as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a great watch. Uh, very well paced, uh, especially given the time that it came out and where this was kind of at the... When the action boom was just about starting uh, to kick off around about 76, but in 78, we were getting a lot more these action movies were just starting to kind of come out and then did Dirty Harry come out before or after this? Uh, it might have been the same year it may have been 76 uh, hold on because I remember that's a good movie <laughs> that's a really good movie oh yeah it's fucking awesome uh, let me see Dirty Harry do you remember when there was supposed to be a Dirty Harry shit movie? it wasn't 76 it was 71 that it came out oh fuck well. so yeah even earlier uh, when did uh, Death Wish come out? 74 yeah, 74. So this would be... So this is like just at the start of mm. the the action movie craze that would swallow uh, the 80s and early 90s. Stick uh, around. <laughs> prior to... Yeah, shit like that. <laughs> uh, Me and my shitty the, the, Just before the... Sorry, just before the kind of the muscle men phase of that, there was the yeah. the cop... There was the mismatch cop revenge, fl- revenge flicks. So things like this, things like Death Wish... Uh, where the protagonist wasn't necessarily, you know, the most you know heavy muscle bound motherfucker in the world, but it was still going up against this, that, and the next thing and doing quite well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favourite examples of that is actually Dirty Harry, because uh, he's not like this major muscle bound fucking guy. He's just he's just a police officer with a gun. <laughs> he's That's just an him. angry police. He's officer. just an angry man. Do you remember when there was supposed to be a Dirty Harry? It was either going to be in the PS2 or the PS3, but there was supposed to be there a Dirty Harry. It was supposed to be a game, yeah. yeah. It was PS3. It was, was supposed it? to come out. Yeah. Never happened. Uh, started development in PS2, entered development in hell, got re-announced as a PS3 title, uh, and it was going to be kind of similar in a similar vein to uh, Scarface, and mm. that it was going to be kind of a side piece to the original movie, okay. uh, with moments from it scattered throughout. Fair enough. And then... It just yeah, just it got shit canned. See, this is this. <laughs> imagine, uh, I don't know if it would be if it would be hell to do this, but imagine if we did a Clint Eastwood filmography. <laughs> that would be hell. <laughs> that would be hell on earth. Because look at tell you for why, right? It would start off with fucking B movies from the fifties and sixties. No, 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 no. Well, we're only doing things. If we were to do Clint Eastwood, right? Would it be films that he directed? No, I, I have thought about this. Or films that he starred in. I have thought about this already, right? Go if on. we were to do the Clint Eastwood, we would do both, right? But we wouldn't start with his B movie stuff because he wasn't really in those. He was like a he bit was character. Still there. He yeah, was a bit no. character, but I'm thinking like when he starts starring in movies. Okay, right. When he's like the main guy, or or at least a sizable, a sizable role. Uh-huh. Okay. But yeah, that would. So, so the first would, one we would probably do is one of the one of the Man Without a Name trilogy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Most likely. Uh, so, but you would start off with these utterly amazing works of art, and then you would end with the Mule, which <laughs> cry is, macho is a fucking shit show of a movie. <sighs> it is the oh my god, the fucking Mule man, like if. My thoughts on the on the mule as a film echo that of Pete Davidson and John Mulaney. He has a threesome. He's ninety years old. <laughs> he has multiple threesomes in that movie. But you know, our John Carpenter filmography, we're going to delve into some shit. We are, yeah, but I, I don't want to do Clint. Ending with shit, a, 
I mean, I have no opinion on this person one way or the other, but I know what other people do. Ending with an Amber Heard movie. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Meh. Exactly. Ooh. I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, uh, God damn it, man. That whole fucking thing. We're going to have to talk about that when we do that movie. We're going to have to bleach it at the very least, aren't we? We won't. That movie came out in 2010, years before any of that happened. Yeah, but it's still... I think we're going to need to talk about it when we deal with that movie, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sit on that, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> yeah, next uh, next episode will be on uh, Halloween. I have my opinions on Halloween as a franchise, but you know, I like the first movie fine. You know. Yeah, it's uh, alongside like, films like Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw Massacre that has been credited with kicking off the slasher genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really setting up some of the tropes in there. Uh, of the the big three that started the slasher genre, sort of Black Christmas, or that are often credited with starting slashers, Black Christmas, Texas Chainsaw, and Halloween, uh, arguably the most well known of the three, I would say. No, I, mean, I wouldn't even say arguably, I would say it is, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the well known. Everyone knows. But I would say arg- there, an argument could be made for Texas Chainsaw because everybody knows Leatherface. Everyone knows. If you say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, well, they won't have seen it or they won't necessarily be able to picture Leatherface there and then. Most folk will know what you're fucking talking about. But I suppose, yeah, there isn't really an argument because if you say Michael Myers, instantly people are going to either think of the love guru the love guru or uh, <laughs> fucking hell why did you have to go love guru I was going to go Shrek but you went fucking love guru yeah. either that or uh, Halloween stabby, yes stabby stabby Halloweeny yeah. uh, and uh, a little bit of a spoiler for after Halloween we're going to do a movie that I had never actually heard of alright oh, okay it's a John Carpenter movie go on TV movie he did mm-hmm. called Somebody's Watching Me came out the same year that Halloween did what the fuck? But I'm pretty sure this was. I'm pretty sure somebody's watching me was filmed before. Oh, okay, right. Well, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Then after that, Elvis. <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> Not the new one. The original. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is Elvis. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening to our our rundown of a song Precinct Thirteen by John Carpenter, and uh, we will see you next time for Halloween. Goodbye. Yeah. My boy. Fuck. <laughs> We made it through an entire episode, your trick. <laughs> oh, my boy. <laughs>